Good morning and welcome on day two of ITF Academy. I hope you had a good or at least sort of interesting day yesterday uh, and a great evening with many films, I hope. Um, I'm very happy to be back in the Compagnie Theater again. This feels at home because this is the ITF Academy place for years already. Uh, you will be staying here for the next three days. Um, the program will start this morning with a very interesting session, I think, about sound design and how sound designers cooperate with directors and other crew members. Um, afterwards, I mean, you've seen it already in the desk, you can subscribe for the Meet the Professional sessions. Also, you can pick up your tickets for the film screenings. We have tickets for Man Falling, the film that will be discussed, and also Ukrainian Sheriffs, which is not directly related to the program, but in a way it is, because it was also partly developed in our summer school um, a couple of years ago. And it's a great film, I think, so you have a chance to see it. Um, so you can pick up your tickets. And also for the Errol Morris Masterclass, everybody who subscribed has a ticket. So you can pick it up at the desk. And of course, that's in Tushinsky 1. But come back afterwards quickly, because the round tables are here again. Yeah? So I would really like to give the microphone to Sigrid Dikjaar. She is the great producer of Danish Documentary, her own company, and has many films in the festival and has had for the past years already. Glad you're here again Thank to you. moderate, a sort of a tradition in the meantime. <laughs> okay. And I would like to introduce you, but you can introduce your other guests, I mm -hmm. guess, the best. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm Secret, and I'm from a company in uh, Denmark with uh, four women. Three of them are directors, and uh, I'm the only producer. Uh, we have a lot of assistants, of course. Some of them are here. I'm very happy that they are here. And uh, we have been producing creative documentaries for 10 years now, 15 years almost, but almost 10 years in our own company. Uh, our company is small. We try to keep making it small or being small. It's not, uh, it's not always easy because we have a lot of uh, great ideas and new directors coming, but we still want to be a small company. And uh, what we try to do is actually not to make money to the company. Our company is not a rich company. It's, it's an empty company, if you could say it that way, uh, because we want to use all the money to make our films. So our films take forever long time to make. Uh, sometimes, uh, most of the time, at least three years, and sometimes five to seven years. And last year, I was here with a film that took 14 years to make. So uh, I think we have a track record of extremely uh, slow-making films. Um, we also spend a lot of time doing the sound, which we're going to talk about today. And uh, I think that's what I at least hear from other companies and from other directors, that when they do the sound for their film, maybe they edit for 12 weeks, if, it, if they're lucky, some only for eight. And then they do the sound for about five days or maybe seven days sound. If they're really lucky, two weeks. Uh, well, our normal uh, film, uh, we are editing for at least uh, 20, 24 weeks. And the film we're going to talk about today was edited for eight months, I think. Uh, and we definitely spend time on the sound. So the sound is normally like six weeks and then another week of mixing in a cinema. And that's just for the feature length version. And then we also have extra sound for the shorter version of the film that we do. So, of course, uh, taking into consideration that it might be, uh, of course, difficult to have the money to uh, do this extended uh, sound work and also editing, uh, we still really want to inspire you guys because there are still a lot of things you can think about 
and you can work with. And maybe it's also nice for you to know that, okay, that's maybe like a normal standard for a film in a feature length, that six weeks of editing, of, of sound editing would be nice, and one week of mix would really be wonderful in a cinema. So we try uh, not to, uh, to tell you that uh, you can't do all of this that we are discussing because you don't have the money, yet we will really try to inspire you to think differently even with the limitations we all have along the way. So please welcome uh, Thomas, who's a sound engineer on Man Falling. And Peter, who is uh, the editor of Man Falling, and he was uh, the guy sitting for 30 weeks in uh, the editing room with uh, Anne Wiebel. <laughs> so, uh, a long editing. And uh, we, we will start and hopefully inspire you. And you are, of course, welcome to ask questions along the way. And if it's too nerdy and too many uh, strange words we're using, please just uh, raise your hand and say, we don't understand, what, what is that? So, Thomas, maybe you can start by explaining a little bit about uh, your work, who you are, and... Or maybe I should start with just saying that Christian Andersen, uh, who was supposed to be here as well, he did the music for the film, but uh, has had a long traditional work uh, together with Thomas. Uh, but he had a concussion and hit his head, a little bit like our main character in the film. Uh, so, unfortunately, he was not allowed by the doctor to come. But uh, Thomas has done all the sound, so no worries, you, you will get a full insight in all the, <laughs> the thoughts behind the sound in this film. So Thomas, you take it away. Hi. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, Christian, uh, the composer of uh, Man Falling, and uh, um, he sends his hello from Denmark and was very sad he couldn't be here. We are great friends and have been uh, collaborating for quite a few years. Um, we have a very uh, similar um, way of thinking, so, so um, it's natural for me to, to start with a clip before I start talking. Um, it's important for me to emphasize that uh, I didn't do the sound design on this clip, but it's a postcard from uh, Christian uh, Andersen. I don't know if you know any of his works but he works quite a lot with uh, Lars von Schrier. So, uh, so Jan, if we could just uh, start by dimming the lights. Oh, maybe we should get a new chair. This chair is really making a it's, lot no, of no, noise. No, 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 it's a wonderful chair. <laughs> yeah, oh, you like it? Chair. You like it? Yeah. You like the sound of yeah, the chair? Yeah, yeah, we, we'll okay. get back to that. Okay, okay. <laughs> we will stick with the sound of the chair. See, there it is again, yeah. Uh, can, we, can we kill the lights? The silent one here. No, 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 I don't want the silent one. <laughs> Could we turn down the light more?
about an accident. You need an ambulance. I'll call for one. I'll be right back. I still you. No. No. No what? I don't need an ambulance. I can clearly see you do. I'll call for one. In that case, I'll be up and gone before you have the time to come back. That will hurt. That's possible. But it doesn't matter to me. I assume you don't want me to call the police either. Yes, that's exactly right. Is there anything you want? Serve tea in the street. You walk. Yeah. I've even bought a cake. Here's a pajama. Lights. <laughs> wow, that was a start. <laughs> Sound design is, is all around us. It's uh, in this very chair. <laughs> and uh, it's in the shoes we pick. Um, if you choose soft shoes like mine today, then uh, you can sneak around invisible. Um, and if you choose hard shoes with a hard heel, you can uh, walk around the room and everyone will uh, know you are, you are there. Um, it's in the jacket we choose. Is it a loose jacket where it doesn't make any noise? Or is it a, a nylon uh, scratchy jacket where, where the jacket yells out to you? It's in the way we talk. Do we talk silently or, um, or, or do we talk loud? Then, then, then people will react and respond to you uh, uh, in the way um, that you express yourself. Uh, I work with sound because I find this very interesting. I find it interesting in, uh, in daily life, in the people I meet. Uh, uh, all of you reflect on me, uh, the ones you cough, uh, the ones that, that uh, takes a sip of their water. I listen all the time. Um, and, uh, and today I hope to give you some of that inspiration. Um, and I think it's a very uh, nice example of, of how, how to listen. Um, some, uh, some sound uh, people, they prefer the, the term sound designer. Other, they, uh, they like uh, being called sound technicians and um, there is a big span, there's a wideness between those two, two ways of uh, defining yourself. There's uh, even a sound engineer. There's a sound engineer even, and, and um, 
you can't work with sound without having a little... Um, um, sound is very technical in, in some points, and I'm sure, uh, I don't know if all of you have been to a sound studio, but, uh, but I call them spaceships. Um, because when you enter the spaceship, you feel very disorientated. And uh, it's my job to make you comfortable there. Um, and, and, and in some films, I do it with great success. And in other films, it's, it's a, a little bit more tricky. It's uh, very dependent on, on uh, the process, uh, the creative process with the, the director and the editor and uh, often the producer, uh, the producer as well, because uh, uh, the, the producer has the the wallet, so so uh, so. Uh, it's a it, tough job. <laughs> to set some terms in 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 uh, some limitations in in if you only have four days for doing sound for a feature film, then it's not. It's very difficult to uh, to expand the creative process, um, and then uh, sound becomes very technical. Um, Still, there, uh, sometimes uh, you can get a lot of uh, inspiration from being pressed in time and having very little time, but, but um, so time is not always the gift to, to a creative process, but, uh, but uh, uh, hearing this, that, uh, um, I mean, extremely short uh, uh, periods of doing uh, sound design is, is very difficult, especially on the long term if you have to do 20 films a year, then, then you can't, uh, can't uh, keep on giving so much of yourself to each project. But, uh, but this uh, clip was from uh, Christian. Uh, Nymphomaniac is, uh, is a film by Lars von Trier. Um, uh, uh, Christian and I, and I have uh, had a long cooperation where, uh, where um, uh, first I started uh, as his assistant and uh, then we changed in doing films together, and uh, now we're doing films where I'm the sound designer and, uh, and he's the composer. Um, and and uh, these roles, they, they change a lot. So I'm very sad that he can't be here, but... Uh, um, he's here with his spirit. He's, he's here with me. <laughs> um, on Nymphomaniac, I, it's, it's the longest uh, paid job I've had ever. Um, I worked on this film for more than a year. Uh, that sounds like a long time, but uh, the, the first part of Nymphomaniac is, uh, is three hours long, and the second part is two and a half hours long. And uh, then we did uh, two uh, shorter versions, uh, which <laughs> is each uh, two hours long. So. <laughs> So, so, so a, a, a year sounds like a lot, but, but actually when it's so much material, it, it, uh, it, it's not a very long time. But I, I know the film very well. Um, during Nymphomaniac, I, I, I did all the dialogue and the, the foley on it. Um, Maybe people don't really know what Foley is, so we might not... Uh, Foley is actually the, the thing I started talking about, the, the shoes we choose, um, uh, the, uh, the sound of a napkin being, uh, being pulled up like that. We do that for, for all films to, uh, to emphasize uh, 
sounds that we need to to make stronger in uh, uh, yeah emphasize in the film. Also, in a way, to get intimacy. I think that's uh, yeah. We can get closer and closer uh, to uh, our uh, characters. Exactly. And it also gives you some technical benefits because you can take out the I mean the voice of people and still have the you know whatever they're yeah, doing. The clean sound. We, the we clean can sound. Trick, trick the clean sound that as well. It's actually called a Foley artist, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, actually uh, we are quite a team, uh, me and uh, Christian, and uh, we have this uh, French Foley artist called Julien, uh, and we did this film together, and, uh, and we also did Man Falling, so, so it's kind of... Uh, and he's coming for the session uh, yeah, tomorrow. for tomorrow night. Yeah. Julien is coming. He's coming today with his car, with all his stuff. So it might sound like a technical process doing uh, doing the dialogue on a film like this, uh, but uh, but we work very uh, creatively with the uh, with dialogue. It's not just uh, being able to hear what people say; it's it's also being able to to use that as uh, uh, telling a story with that. And I have a. Um, I have to say, I've, I've brought quite a, quite a lot of uh, clips, um, and, and I would like to actually play an example of that. Of playing with the dialogue. Of playing with the dialogue, yeah. Oh, please, um, uh, when I'm mumbling, or if, if, if you have any questions, please just uh, lift your hand and, uh, and there ask. There is one. With the with the limitations on the sound, you think? Yeah. Uh, the, he's asking, what does it? What do you think of the Dogma films where they were not able to work so much with the sound? Um, I mean, the Dogma films is a bit before my time. I'm I'm actually too young <laughs> to have worked with uh, with them. But um, uh, but I think all directors they they work. The, the all directors work with this basic idea of of setting uh, uh, some rules, and um, and rules are very important too because they give you a playground or a, um, an area within, so so you don't have to expand this uh, the creativity beyond those limits. And uh, the rules of uh, Dogma ninety five was very. Do you all know Dogma ninety five? Yeah. Okay. It, uh, the main purpose was that that uh, uh, you were only allowed to use clean sound on uh, on the finished film, and um, meaning sound that was recorded on the set. On the set, exactly, and uh, and that set quite a few limitations to to the sound design afterwards because there were no sound design afterwards, but uh, but people. Still were uh, the, a bit creative, right? They were, not they were very creative about it, and uh, and we had examples of uh, of uh, I mean shooting in one location and then uh, recording the sound in a different location where they had an orchestra playing, and uh, it was just recorded at the same time, but but uh, but it wasn't two different <laughs> locations. Uh, so, so I, I, I believe uh, rules are very important when uh, when you do, uh, especially uh, fiction films. 
and, and it's actually a nice uh, thread to talking about uh, documentaries because uh, all the clips besides this I've brought is documentary clips because documentaries has a natural set of uh, rules from the beginning. It has a playground. You can't do like, uh, uh, like the beginning of uh, Nymphomaniac. It's not recorded in a studio. So, uh, so there's a noise from cars and, uh, and, and... And main characters are not actors. And main characters are not actors, so you can't take them in and redo their lines if uh, you can't hear them. And, and they're uh, not so good with microphones. They, can, they scratch their microphones <laughs> and they don't wear them the correct places. And yeah. Um, that, that, that's a very technical discussion about the, the, uh, working with the um, microphones. I, I, I have to say I mainly do post-production. I, uh, I used to record a lot, but, uh, but lately, last uh, five years, I've been very settled in my studio, my little spaceship. Um, I'm just going to play this example of, uh, of, uh, of working the with the dialogue. Find it. So in this clip, uh, it's from a film called uh, Winter Boy, which is uh, a film about. Um, um, uh, <clears throat> it's a film about people who work with homeless, pregnant people in uh, in Toronto. Uh, it has a very slow pace, this film, uh, and the, the shots are extremely long. And uh, in, in uh, this scene, we, um, we have a, um, uh, a, a woman listening to something that uh, takes place in the same room, but the focus should be on her. So, so you can notice, I hope you notice that that, uh, I mean, everything here was recorded with wireless microphones, so we had great sound of, uh, of everything that goes on in the scene. But, um, but when I saw it, I found it very messy. Uh, so, so we tried to, yeah. Clean it up. Clean it up. We're gonna show a clip, Jan. Does he get the whole measure to himself? No, he's sharing it with this guy. Yeah. So he can't be a whole note. Half note? That's right. But wait, if he's a half note, he can't be a half note. Who's he? A whole note? Does he get the whole measure? No. Oh, he can't be a whole note. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, you got it. Okay, quarter note. Okay, so one more thing you have to play for me. And then we're going to talk about, this one's not started yet, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Okay.
I have to admit that the slow pace often gives quite a good opportunities for sound. Um, but the, the, the purpose of showing this uh, clip was that we really worked with putting the, um, uh, the piano part of the scene, uh, giving it more space so you got closer to, to the main character. And um, the scene is about that she can't focus on, uh, on her everyday life because She's too involved in her work, and it's her cell phone kind of beeping during the scene. And um, and we 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 use the same, the very same ideas. I use the very same ideas when working with uh, documentaries and fiction. It's like the same. It's the same set of uh, uh, rules that that uh, apply to the films. Uh, they have a, uh, the scenes have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and, and my job is to, to, uh, to redo that in, in, with focus, focusing on the sound. So uh, when I work, um, the, the, the very basic of doing sound design is that uh, uh, we are at a given location in the beginning of the scene, and we have to present this location. And uh, then, after a while, it's less important what's going uh, where you are, and and we want to be inside the uh, the content of the scene to hear the dialogue or whatever is going on. And and uh, at that point, we I work the way that that I remove the. It's like less important that we are in a car or we are in a, a library. Uh, so we want to take uh, the, the ambience away and focus on the, on the dialogue. And then in the end of the scene, there's normally quite very quiet. And then we can, can uh, with the next scene, there's a dynamic going from silent to, to the next scene where it's uh, pro probably very loud. So, so it also gives the a natural rhythm to each scene that it starts loud and then it's it's uh, lower in the end. You use silence a lot. Uh, yeah, we also use <laughs> noise a lot. Uh, it's a dance between uh, working uh, with with the dynamics and and uh, and shifting between this. Then it's very loud and it's very silent. Uh, and I have a, an example of that. There is a question before you show yeah. the example. Yeah. I don't know if you want to answer 
I, I would actually like to answer that uh, later, <laughs> but uh, but I'll I'll uh, try now. Um, it's 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 very different from film to film. Uh, some films are almost sound designed in in the editing room, and when they're done that, when when there are a lot of very good thoughts from the edit, editing room, I don't go in and and uh, make something totally different. Um, but very often, I get a film which has uh, uh, very little, uh, very little sound design in it, and the uh, the director is probably. I mean, most documentary documentarists are. I, I feel they're very grateful about being in in uh, the sound studio or in my spaceship because because. Um, they're not used to having this focus on telling their story in each scene, in each sound, and uh, and they get very excited, uh, very happy by by getting that chance. So uh, so when I get a a, a, a film which is, uh, I mean, totally without sound design, then uh, then I definitely rebuild it completely. And uh, it, of course, uh, the, the, the problem with sound is that you can't talk about it. <laughs> uh, you, you can, uh, actually I, I know a lot of sound designers who, who talk a lot about their work, uh, their uh, great ideas, but when it comes to, to working with it, you have to test it. Uh, you, I mean, I, I can, if you make a film and, and uh, I'll do the sound design, I can easily say, tell you, well, we're going to work with great dynamics, and we're going to get the dialogue very, uh, <laughs> very great, and <laughs> and uh, we're going to get a nice flow throughout the film, and uh, we're definitely going to respect the story all the way. But it's only words, and and um, and 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 unless we have a very close cooperation, and we've done several films together, then then we have to, to I have to show you some some things, and and. Um, and that process is normally very frustrating. I mean, I get very engaged to all the films I work in, and and um, and it's frustrating the way that that it takes time to uh, to create these universe. So so I might spend a lot of time uh, creating an, uh, a universe, and and uh, when you when you hear it, it's like I don't like it. It's like <laughs> start all over. <laughs> And, uh, and the, the reason why I would like to talk about this uh, later is, is because it's actually what happened uh, doing uh, Man Falling, which we worked on, that, that we did a whole uh, sound design, which uh, the director came and she listened to it, and, and after... And the editor. And, and, the, and editor. the editor. And, and, um, and me and the composer was very happy about it, uh, but, but uh, when, when Anne, the director, heard it, she stopped, she had to stop after like eight minutes or something. And, and then she said, I love what you've done, but I hate it. <laughs> uh, so, so, so that sometimes that happens. And it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I think it's why we make films. And I think it's why we, we spend so much of our life on, 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 uh, on, on, on making films is that, that we want to be challenged and and 
I'm, I'm, if, if the question is about uh, how I'm challenged in, this, in, uh, in my spaceship, I definitely am challenged. It's not like, uh, it's very few, uh, few directors I work with who just say, wow, that's sound. I mean, it's great. <laughs> um, often it's, it's a long discussion and, and uh, we discuss the placement of cows in the background and, and they want, we move them like two frames to make it work. Uh, to make it more rhythmic with the, um, with the dialogue. And uh, um, the process is not like, I have my universe, I bring it onto your film, but uh, the process is a collaboration. And, uh, uh, and the collaboration is very frustrating at times. And uh, I get mad and I yell and I complain. And uh, I. <laughs> Not, and, no uh, and the directors get mad and yell, and, and sometimes uh, people get into fights because it's very important what we do. It's, uh, we, are, we, we are telling stories. And, um, and, and I hope that you will be challenged by, by sound, sound designers who want to tell stories, who doesn't want to, to fix your film. Uh, I find, find that um, very important that, that you, you meet peop people who, uh, who challenge you, and, and, uh, but also respect you. So, um, I hope, did that answer your question? Yeah. We were going to show a clip. We were going to show a clip from, uh, <laughs> it's actually from the, from the same film. Um, bum, bum, bum. Oops. And uh, the reason why I'm just gonna say it again, the reason why I'm, I'm gonna play this clip is, is it's a very good example of, um, you have a lot of presenting audio in the beginning of the scene, scene and then you take it away slowly and uh, focus more and more on the, on the, on the action. And, and um, <clears throat> I don't have the, the raw file for this, but uh, I mean the sound from the, uh, from the avid, uh, the editing, but uh, but I mean everything you see here is is except for the music, is uh, created uh, the the cars passing and uh, and um, uh, the noise of the uh, uh, seat, seat belt, belt and um, uh, and 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 there was just one microphone with the character that was it. Uh, yeah, she had a very noisy, scratchy microphone on on the. Uh, somewhere inside her jacket, uh, but but we did actually sound for the whole uh, for the whole thing. You will will, will hear it uh, fading out, but but um, but uh, afterwards we we take the decision on when to to remove the sound. It's because whenever you put sound on stuff, uh, you get so excited that. Ah, it actually, uh, the, the, the passing car sounds like something and the man uh, closing the door sounds like something. But, um, so, so a lot of uh, people who work with sound, they, they tend to give sound to every, every action in the frame. And uh, that's an, a bit unnecessary, I, I find. So, so, so my work is a lot about creating the whole universe and then afterwards taking decisions on what to, what to hear and what not to hear. So I'm gonna play this clip. Start. 
starting route to 215 Evans Avenue. Head east on Stanley Avenue. Okay. Evans. Okay. Hello, it's Talia. Hi, Talia. I screwed up. Hi, Vera. Turning. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Where are you? You're a women's own. Did Peter try calling? Cause I know he's done with me. He called. He called me last night looking for you. He was really worried. Yeah, tell me he's done with me. Can I help me? Lynn, are you staying? Um, I don't know why I did it. I'm gonna come. Are you at Women's Own right now? Yeah. You can't. Can you stay in there for a couple hours until I come there? I don't know. Don't let me do that. Can I? Do you think I could talk to your worker? Cause I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come see you, but I can't get there until maybe one o'clock. Can oh I? God. Can I ask them? Will they let you stay there till one? I don't know. I doubt it. Can I talk to them quickly? Yeah, Thanks. He just said that he couldn't find you. And he sounded worried, and he said the reason why he didn't pick up his phone yesterday was because he forgot to pay his phone bill. I don't know why I just tell you, oh my God. I don't know why I did it. I'm afraid I lost him and everything. God, if I know that you didn't tell you, he knows. I'm gonna come there. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna find you a place to stay. Okay? Well, I said I can come back, but I can't come back until after discharge, which is this afternoon. I don't know what I'm gonna do until then. So I don't know how good you are at listening, <laughs> but um, but there is a lot of sound design in the scene, and um, I like working with sound design where it's invisible, and um, um, and and uh, I mean earlier when I was younger, I sound very old now, but but when I was younger, I I um, I was very I, I felt that sound design was uh, 
a lot of uh, abstract sounds and whooshes and uh, and uh, musical effects. But uh, but <clears throat> as I have evolved, the direction I have evolved in as a sound designer is to to be more on what's going on in the scene and how to use that telling the, the story uh, that the di director wants. Uh, it's not as important for me to be um, noticed at a, a, as a sound designer. Um, a Would lot you of say that you take, some, say, take more out of reality or that you take I mean, what's I in the real world and I, use I, that? I try to to leave the a lot of the abstract sounds to the composer because the composer has quite a lot of tools to 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 get emotional with the with feelings and and um, and sound designers can do that as well but but often you end up in a struggle where the composer and the sound designer kind of struggles for, for space and suddenly you, you've got a whole film which kind of have, has a very great, there is this Swedish word that's called flute, which, which means flow. And, um, and, and I work a lot with, with have, a film have to have its own natural flow. And, um, and, and, and if, if you have a composer and a sound designer which both want to be very uh, uh, to, to, to make a lot of space like in the, in the, in the movie, then, then you end up with a film that has a fantastic flow. It, 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 it can uh, really make you uh, you start seeing the film and you don't even notice you're seeing the film and in the end you're kind of, uh, you, you, it, it was just a, a, a film. Um, but, but I feel, especially working on documentaries and, and also I, I, I do the same in, in fiction, I, I feel that, that you need to give the film space to, to what the director wants. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm making any sense mm -hmm. now, but, but I, I, I feel that, that sound design can be really fragile, that uh, you can actually ruin a scene by making it too good or too easy to, to listen to and, and put too many emotions in it. And I enjoy sound design, which is uh, uh, really subtle and uh, as if I was not there. and, and uh, it's part of uh, the way I've chosen to, to work with sound is that I like this being invisible. There is a question. There is a question. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's actually back to the. I, did you all hear that? Anybody didn't hear that? Um, um, it's all back to the 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 the, uh, the question about setting the rules, and uh, I am very inspired by documentaries because.
they set up a set, I mean, the reason why, uh, why we dare to have so much ambience and presence in this scene is because we can't remove it. Um, because when you, when you do a fiction film, it's like uh, you get scared, is it too much, is it too much? And you remove, remove, remove. And, uh, and documentaries are just natural noisy. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, and, and we can't fight that. We can, uh, we can handle that and we can make it softer, but we can't remove it. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it is deliberate. Uh, deliberate. It, it's an idea, but it's also the result of uh, a set of rules. If 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 you get it, um, and. That's my thoughts on, on uh, that, that you can get inspired by the scene. And there is a lot of, when working with documentaries, there's just a natural lot of uh, crackling. And, and uh, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm doing a, a film actually next year, which is shot in, uh, it's supposed to be in Afghanistan, but it's shot in a neighbor country. And uh, the, this, uh, the sound uh, recorder, he, uh, when he, we, the, the, it, the sound, uh, yeah, the sound recorder. Uh, I mean, the technical equipment was stuck in Turkey, so <laughs> the so the equipment never got to uh, to the location of the film. So they had to get, uh, I mean, uh, local, local equipment to to record this uh, fiction film. So I'm very excited to work on that next year because <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it's going to be like working on a documentary. It's it's. Uh, very little controlled. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I like this inspiration from. I mean, and and uh, I mean, even in documentaries, if if the editing is right, then then um, then you can work with ambience in one scene, and and uh, next scene totally quiet because of. Uh, I mean, here we could remove the the natural sound and redo it. Um, but I have to say the the clip with the car is very, I mean, it, it, I mean that that's a lot of work that uh, that makes it able to be so little uh, presence or so little noise in the background because it's it's very scratchy. It's uh, I mean, it's a normal phone and uh, and the the microphone is totally buried inside her jacket. So it takes a lot of work getting just to this result. For me, it's very quiet for a documentary. <laughs> Um, yeah. Did it answer your question? Okay. So, um, I mean, soon we have to change uh, the mm -hmm. subject. Talk, talking, talking about uh, men falling. Men falling, but but I would like to show you a, a clip of a um, another documentary called. Uh, Democrats, which actually was screened here last year. It was nominated in feature length last year. And uh, there's a funny story to that. I can, I can tell that is, is that uh, first it was screened at Copenhagen Docks, which was the first premiere, and a week later at uh, 
at uh, here at ITFA, and uh, so 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 we did one mix for Copenhagen Docks, and we weren't happy at all about it. And we did a second mix for ITFA, uh, and we weren't happy at all with that. So uh, so <laughs> when the film had its uh, third premiere in Yudeborg uh, in uh, January. Then uh, we did another mix for that, and we weren't happy at all with that <laughs> mix because the music wasn't finished. Uh, so, so, uh, so finally, in uh, in April, in Tribeca, <laughs> in April in Tribeca, the the music was finished, and we closed the sound design, and we were very happy about it. So since then. The, the film has won every prize, <laughs> like uh, in every... It won Tribeca as well. It won Tribeca and uh, has had quite a lot of prizes, so... so we maybe were it was the sound that really made it, you I, know, I'm finally. sure it, uh, maybe it's the music, but, um, <laughs> but I'm very happy about that film anyway. Uh, and it, it's a kind of the same team. I'm the sound designer of Democrats and uh, Christian is the composer. Uh, so it's this close cooperation where we uh, keep keep on fighting for our uh, sound designs. <laughs> uh, we, I've, I haven't told that, that we have a I have a company in, uh, in Denmark where I work, uh, and I have it together with uh, three other people, and uh, Christian is one of them, and uh, we do a lot of uh, fiction and uh, documentaries, um, and uh, we work with uh, a lot of uh, interesting projects because we got Lars von Trier and uh, Thomas Winterberg and Lucas Mudesson and uh, Susanne Bier. And Nicolas Winding Reffen. And uh, Nicolas Winding Reffen right now. So, uh, so we have a very inspiring uh, uh, daily, I mean, it's very inspiring place just to be because of all of these people who do not mainstream films, but our place is called mainstream, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're going to show a clip from so, Democrats? So I'm going to show a clip from, uh, from uh, Democrats. And, and uh, this clip I actually uh, brought without uh, any sound design, uh, just how it was. And I'm going to play for it. You, I'm going to play it. I mean, it, I'm, I'm sorry the clips are so long, but, uh, but sound just, uh, I mean, you can look at a picture and then you can right away code it, but uh, decode it, but, but to decode sound, you have to 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 see. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense if I show you like 20 seconds. So I'm gonna. This clip is uh, three and a half minutes long, and and first I'm gonna show it with the with the the sound that I got from the editor, and then afterwards the uh, uh, the mix. So Jan, we're gonna play a. And you turned out the light. Hello. Yewe. Pane njimbo eno nzimai musozi hoho ili kumbare. I understand by ita some skirmishes pagato kuwara wangwa na wasungwa. I don't know. I don't know the effects. So that... Wamboskabo. Toita. Oh. Wanga no kwara. Oh. Eh. Yeah. Dutoska in two minutes I'll be there. 
So I don't know if any of you have seen this film, but, but the film is about um, writing a new constitution in uh, Zimbabwe, and uh, the director, Camilla Nilsson, she followed this process, uh, I think, two or three years. Um, and she was uh, arrested and uh, interrogated uh, during this process, and uh, she, she is not allowed to go to Zimbabwe anymore. But uh, the, the, the main story is about, about this constitution being written and, and it, ha it has two main characters. There's uh, Musunga and Mongwana, which is uh, this character. Um, and and uh, Mongwana is kind of representing the system and uh, the other character is representing the uh, wanting to change the system. And um, uh, Mongwana is a character who, who's kind of, he's, uh, he's uh, very good for a film about a dictator because he's very, 
uh, fun and strong, and he's very confident in and his. Loud. Uh, he's and also he's also a loud, very loud uh, man. Um, and and um, uh, this is a very crucial scene for the director because it's the scene where he, for the first time, gets afraid of the system he's part of creating. So, uh, so this scene was supposed to be one of the key scenes to being afraid in the film. And uh, Camilla, uh, the director, she, she doesn't like working, uh, I mean, this is easy to solve with the music. You can just give it a very hard uh, action or uh, terrifying uh, screaming uh, violence and then, then you get very spooked. But she wanted to, to experience it the way that, that, that she felt it when she was there. So, uh, so we worked a lot of, uh, we spent really a lot of time working on this sequence. So now I'm going to play the... Um, so uh, the idea was that you should get, she felt more terrified when she was there filming this scene and you wanted to create that feeling in yes. the sound. I mean, she wanted to create the feeling of how it, it was being inside that car mm -hmm. and uh, the reason why it's mainly photographed from inside the car was because they weren't allowed to, to exit the car because they, they would be probably killed. Uh, and, and they were very happy that, that they, they came uh, away from there without being beaten up. Uh, I mean, so, uh, and, and she had another thing that was very hard for me to understand seeing the, seeing the cut was that they're trying to close the gate. They're trying to close the gate. And uh, I mean, I see this one, one picture where they're trying to close the gate, but it wasn't at all important for me when I, when I saw the film. But, but she kept on uh, pushing for, for making this gate more a character in the scene. Um, so this is the result, how it ended up. We're just going to show one more clip, Jan. Hello. Here we. Panenjimbo ino nzimai musozi wo iri kumbare. I understand by it as some skirmishes, but to kuara wangu na wasungwa. I don't know what powerful of footage. I don't know the effects. So that one was kabo. To it. Oh, Wanga no Kwara. Oh, eh, Dudoska in, in two minutes I'll be there. Where is Adam? Eh, Mambo. Uh, uh, 
should move into a man falling um, yeah <laughs> because uh, I would like to have Peter involved yeah, yeah, as yeah. well um, great can I just uh, explain briefly what man falling is about uh, an artist who uh, an older very well-known Danish artist he's actually known in the world and uh, he falls down a stair and hits his head and uh, after that he actually goes blind not in the sense that his eyes are not blind, but inside his head. So he has difficulties of uh, painting again, of course. A, a painter that goes blind, that's kind of a big handicap. So uh, in the film, the director is a good friend of his, and she comes and films him, and he slowly starts to regain again uh, the, the ability to actually work and paint. Um, in a way, the painting starts becoming also a way for him to breathe. So, um, at, at the end of the film, he kind of gets to a place where he knows how to paint again, or he knows how to cope with this situation again. And uh, the film is a very emotional film, you could say. Uh, even though there is a story, there's a, a lot of inner conflicts going on in this film. Uh, with his wife, who's also devastated about him not being able to recover well and things like that. And uh, Peter, you and Anne, you worked a lot in the editing with creating some space for this artist because it was the head that was uh, the problem. Mm. Maybe you can explain a little bit about the thoughts in that. Um, 
Yeah, um, I mean, um, we left a lot of places where people aren't saying so much, actually just to to make the sound design to actually get closer to the artist and understand his brain damage. And, um, not in a physical way, but in, in an, an emotional way. Just, way. Just, uh, I mean, this is something you typically, typically do in a fiction film. This isn't very typical for a documentary to do. Wouldn't you agree with me on that? Um, it's definitely uh, something very different from, uh, from all the other documentaries uh, that I've worked on. And um, especially because it, um, the director, she really had a certain way of uh, wanting to do the sound design. Mm. It was not important for her to have a, a film that had a pace and uh, um, a, a film that you felt very comfortable in. It was important for her, she was on a mission to understand this artist. And uh, the fun thing about doing it was that, that, um, that I totally misunderstood that doing the film. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, this was the question I, I talked about, uh, answered earlier that, that um, uh, Christian, the composer, and I, we, we, had, uh, we saw this film and we wanted to, uh, let's make it flow and make it uh, easy to watch. And uh, we actually worked in a, a totally wrong uh, direction compared to what the director wanted. And, um, mm. I and mean, yeah. just to say, I think the experience of when we watched that was that it was very much a sound design that felt like it was on top of the film. It was really coming from within the film. And uh, for us, it was very important to get inside of Pierre's head. Uh, so, I mean, there wasn't anything wrong with the sound design. It was just not, not the, the right, right one. idea of uh, how to... Just to get you an idea, there's 23 places in the film where we are inside the head. Uh, so that's, uh, that's of course, those, <laughs> those passages that, that we are talking a lot about. What, what is it to be inside the head? Which is maybe more a fiction thing, but definitely also a documentary thing. But, but maybe we should you show something from the yes. film so you have any idea what, what we're talking about. So how about I just play the beginning? Yes. Uh, so I'm going to run the first five minutes or so of the film, and then we can, uh, we can continue the, the discussion afterwards. The film is premiering tonight? Yes, tonight at uh, yeah. 7 o'clock. Yeah. So Jan and I think it's the one that they have yeah. tickets for, right, Michael? Yeah. I'm interested by the level here, but let's go. <laughs> Det forskrækkede mig det forår i 2013, hvor min gamle ven Per faldt ned af sin trappe og slog hovedet og kom på hospitalet i lang tid. Da han kom ud igen, var han i rullestol og havde svært ved at se som før. Det forskrækkede mig også, da vi om sider havde en aftale om, at jeg skulle besøge ham, 
at hans kone Marianne aften før ringede og sagde, at de havde tænkt på, om jeg ikke kunne tage mit kamera med. Mit kamera havde jeg ikke brugt, siden min mand for flere år siden faldt og slog sit hoved og kort efter døde. Per, er det anstrengende, at jeg sidder og filmer, eller er det helt okay? Nej, det er helt okay. Skal, og, og vi skal det på sammen og, og græder foran, foran. Mm-hmm. Skal vi sige, at jeg, jeg er frygtelig grødlet af bil i, i den her periode. Ja. Ja. Der foregår sikkert meget ind i dig jo ovenfor alt det her. Ja, det må jeg sige, det er, ja. altså jeg har jo mit liv blevet ja. altså, sådan, sådan her ændret fuldstændig. Ja, ja. Jeg kan ikke gå, jeg kan, jeg kan ikke male. Det er, det er virkelig et problem. Jeg prøver at kæmpe mig tilbage. Ja. Jeg vil gerne male igen, og jeg må, jeg må, så må du godt sige, Nå, kirke, vi skal da ikke holde lidt, lidt ro, lidt hvile her. Ja. Men det kan være svært, når man har optaget stof. Ja, jeg har været besat hele mit liv, ikke? Ja, ja. Jeg kan ikke sige noget til, til venstre, og jeg kan ikke kende det, jeg er Nej. Og du kan ikke sige, hvis du kommer ind, og jeg siger, hvem fanden er det? Nej. Ikke? Altså, Marianne kan jeg så rigtig kende. Ja. Nå, du kan kende stemmerne. Ja, man finder sådan nogle af mig, ikke? Ja. Og så vil jeg meget gerne snakke med dig en gang med Ja. Vi har et behov for at jeg lytter. komme lidt af med alt det der lort, der er rundt på lige nu. Jeg har en rigtig god lytter, Peter. Ja, det er godt. Mm. Vi skal sgu nok blive træt. Det tror jeg ikke. <laughs> Men det... Øh, Fandt ned til ham, fordi jeg ikke lyttet til min hustru. Og i anden er en meget slå kvinde, det har du måske konstateret. Du går altså ikke mere på den trappe. Det er okay, så var jeg hjemme alene, så gik jeg på den trappe, ikke? Jeg skulle op og hente et eller andet. Ovenpå. Jeg tror ikke, de trappe, jeg har gået 100 af gangen, ja. hvis det kan gøre det, op og ned. Ja. Og jeg har altid løbet op og ned af trapper, for det har holdt mig lidt i form. Mm. Og sagde når det så ikke mm. går galt. Det er bare så ærgerligt. Det er godt nok surt.
So this was a, a, a place where we were getting more and more into his head already in uh, the opening. Peter, could you explain? Because uh, this, maybe you don't know, but the, the artist, he's originally a geologist. So uh, he's very uh, obsessed about earth and ground and stone and everything we are stepping on. It's part of his uh, history and also has had a long working uh, period in Greenland. So Greenland is very present in the film. So maybe you can explain something about how you and Anne discussed about these different universes that he had. Yeah, so just to get closer to, uh, to Pierre and get inside his head, uh, this, all these kind of abstractation, uh, abstract elements and abstract sounds. And um, I mean, we also talk a lot with Tom about what, what is that sound? And, and, and one way we kind of defined which sounds were at different places because when it's abstract, you can pretty much just pick from wherever. I mean, uh, so just to get some um, some uh, restrictions to it, we went into his uh, the way he painted his paintings, and he has like probably four or five different motives, and one of them is the Arctic and the Greenland. So this is what you just watched here is, uh, is 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 that element going into, and and the sound of him lying there. I mean the. The, the squeaky noise is a whale lying there, and then you hear the icebergs uh, crackling and, uh, and uh, also we're falling down into the water at the end, and then you actually cut to him being an exhibition uh, about Greenland. So, um, and then they, they vary throughout the film, and maybe we can talk more about it if we show some other examples. The, the 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 funny thing I, I I did an interview yesterday for uh, for this festival paper, and uh, it was uh, an interview about the music and the sound in uh, in, in the film, and uh, she at the beginning she was very confused because there, we have a quite a lot of um, of scenes like this in a, within the film. And uh, in her mindset, it was music. And uh, it is true that it, this very, uh, this very uh, scene here, then when we cut to the, to the museum, then it's music. But everything before that is, is sound. And, uh, and, and she had a really big problem understanding this the difference when, it, when it's sound and when it's uh, music. And, uh, and, and, and there is quite a lot of these uh, pieces throughout the film. So can you explain what the difference is between the sound and the music? Uh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, the sound is music in a way. I mean, yeah, it's used musically uh, here and, and, and um, it's very opposing to the other kind of sound design that I talked about being a part of, uh, of the... Um, uh, expanding from from the scene, it's it's a totally different uh, sound universe, and, and it's also important for me to to say that that uh, there are no rules to the way we work. Uh, it's independent of the uh, how what the director needs, and um, and but but we have definitely discussed these uh, sequences quite a lot. I hope. I, I, I mean, I hope everybody notices that there is uh, the beginning, the music in the beginning, the the opening sequence. Then there is the voiceover, 
Then we get into the scene, there's a bit of, there's maybe a guy with a lawnmower a bit far away, there's some summer atmosphere. The dialogue kind of uh, is, is faded out and it's uh, very quiet. And then we get into the house. We only the hear the wheelchair and uh, we get into the house. And just to say the wheelchair was made as a foley. Yeah, it's, there was it's no a sound of the wheel that's wheelchair. The, that's a construction. And then suddenly, slowly, this abstract uh, abstraction begins with the um, getting into the mindset of a person that is very ill. And um, for all of us, it was uh, a very personal process doing this because um, I have a very, very special relationship to Pierre Kirby because he, it was one of the first documentaries I saw when I started uh, interesting, uh, uh, getting interested in uh, doing films. And, and it was in, I think, 98 or 96 or something, way back. And, uh, and it was a film about how he works as an artist, this way that he works, that, that he paints a picture, then he... Uh, Makes um, it black again. <laughs> may, uh, if he works like a half a year on a picture and then he gets mad at it and he put black painting all over and he restarts and, and um, his way of working has influenced me quite a lot. So, um, so doing a film about him much later in, in, <laughs> in my life was a very big uh, experience for me. Uh, and, and the composer had this accident where he, he had a very serious concussion. And, uh, and he was like, this, I, I, I'm supposed to make music, how it feels inside my head. It's very inspiring, but it's also <laughs> very hard. When you have a concussion. When you have a concussion. Uh, um, so, so there and was also a just to give a little bit more insight into Pierre Kierkeby, he's, uh, he's also working a lot with Lars von Trier. So, for instance, in films like Breaking the Waves, there's these chapters in Breaking the Waves, and there's some paintings that are moving a little bit. And those paintings are Pierre Kierkeby's paintings. So there is also a big collaboration between Pierre and Lars von Trier, which uh, Christian has been part of for many, many years. So, in a way, the whole uh, little team yeah, got together a, in this film. It, it, it's a, it's a little soup, I, I would say, of, of people who know each other the, the right way. But, but, um, but, but uh, yeah, we got to the point where it goes silence and the abstractions start and we uh, continue into the museum where the, the idea was that maybe it's a sound installation that, that they hear, but it was anyway very important for us that it was the same music as the credit music, which uh, Christian, he also did. But, uh, but everything between that point and the credit music, besides uh, a few, uh, a few uh, music pieces, that's, that's sound design all the way. And uh, the discussion about this sound design was quite uh, heavy <laughs> because the, 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 the director wanted a sound design that reflected the way that Pierre the artist, he, he sees the world. And um, that was very difficult for me to understand. Uh, and it was also very difficult to understand because 
Uh, with a film like this, I have maybe seven weeks to get into it, but I have a lot of work to do within the seven weeks, so I don't like uh, have a lot of time to reflect. It's on, 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 because else I don't have the time to... The film uh, was also a little bit long. And the, the film is that, a bit that, long that, that as well. Also it's shot without it. a microboard and uh, it's a quite bad <laughs> yeah, sound. Yeah, the, 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 it was shot with a, a, a normal uh, handy cam in the beginning and then a DV cam and... I mean, it's it's uh, it's a very noisy film, so there was a lot of work to be done just on the on the dialogue, but um, but understanding this um, mindset, I, I I have to admit I totally went a, a wrong direction, and uh, and as I told earlier, then the director saw it and she trashed it uh, almost without listening to the whole um, whole film, and then we started. Uh, Discussing this, why is this that? Why why does this happen? Uh, and it's because the director and the editor was together like eight months, and 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 they create a set of rules, which uh, are important to the film, and uh, and and what's obvious for them is not apparently obvious for me. Um, so, so the way we got kind of back on track was that uh, Peter and I sat together in the mixing cinema and we had like almost a week creating this whole universe of, uh, of how, uh, how the artist sees the world and it's, it's quite complicated <laughs> and uh, maybe you should uh, talk a bit about that. It's maybe the first time that you've been sitting so long in a sound studio. It's not yeah, uh, yeah. normal that the editor sits in the sound studio a, for so it's long. It's a very, very uh, strange experience because normally I'm uh, hands-on. I'm used to doing it and now I'm sitting next to somebody <laughs> doing it. So I got to get a little bit of taste of what it feels to be a director. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah but, I mean, it's complicated because there's a lot of things wrong with Pierre's head. I mean, I think there's, I mean, he had three strokes, and then he had this falling down the stairs, so... He can't see to the left, so, and then I mean, he's also blind. He's got blind. something called a neglect, where half, I mean, he doesn't see what's on his left-hand side, and he can't, like, his brain doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, register what's going on there. Um, and then he has a problem with uh, uh, recognizing... Uh, faces. Faces and, and things. And then he has this uh, extremely scary thing that, that, that you know, if I'm sitting here talking to uh, Thomas and I have to see his face and then I turn this way, then he actually draws that face over to that. So he maybe sometimes thinks that he's talking to Thomas when he's talking to somebody else. So just to, just to um, I mean, it's extremely complicated, but, but the more you, I mean, the more you see of the material, the more you kind of, in a way, can see where he is in his head because you just get to know him so much. I think there's like 200 hours of material. Um, I don't know, do we have the example of the snake? Yes, Maybe we have the example uh, of the snake. Uh, uh, yeah, I have that. Maybe you can explain, Peter, what, yeah, because, the, what it is. What really goes on in, in that scene is that he's, normally he has like some kind of uh, illustration that he looks at and then he paints something completely different, but that's just his process. So he's sitting with a piece of paper with a snake and painting something that, you know, maybe looks like a snake. Um, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> and then he turns around and uh, his assistant says something to him. And 
Um, um, and what actually happens there is that I'm quite sure that he takes the image of the snake and puts it on, on the head of the person talking to him. Uh, and then, yeah, you can actually see that he gets really scared because there's suddenly a snake talking to him. <laughs> suddenly the assistant became a snake. Can we show this clip? Then you can uh, follow what we're talking about. Så tror jeg, jeg skal bruge en slange. So here it was to kind of emphasize the fear or the, the that he felt frightened that he suddenly saw a snake or can you yeah and and i mean also all, all these quite unpleasant sounds that i mean there's something broken inside of his head so just to emphasize on that that thing um we made kind of a vocabulary for uh, could you call it vocabulary for yeah. uh, for interpreting the way the artist looks at the world um and it, it was important that 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 the sound came from something organic. Um, in, in, in that sense, it's, I think it's one of the most uh, intellectual films I've, uh, I've done. And, and uh, it, it has a, a, a strict line of, uh, of ideas that we hope when we screen it that some, some of you will, will, uh, will get. <laughs> uh, because, it's important to, it was important when we did it to, here's a snake, he sees a snake, but uh, normally you wouldn't do the sound one-to-one, -one. but here it was important that, uh, that the sound was one-on-one, -on -one. so, uh, because it's, it's uh, the snake is actually the most obvious thing, but he has a, a certain way of drawing, and then it's a bird, and I can't see it a bird, it's a bird, but because, uh, Anne and uh, Peter has worked so so closely together. They know it's a bird. When so, <laughs> yes, it's very complicated. So so when uh, when uh, the He's artist draw thing, so. this uh, uh, thingy, <laughs> <laughs> then then he really sees a bird. He he doesn't see a thingy. He sees a bird, and uh, it's part of his brain damage that he keeps seeing this these uh, simple symbols that he draws, he sees them as real things, and he kind of, uh, the, the image gets stuck, stuck on his brain, so he kind of moves them around uh, with him. Mm. Is that, that's correct, right? Yeah. And, um, so that's why so, you so, wanted the sound as a snake or a bird or? So, so we made a whole vocabulary of, uh, okay, so now we're looking at a, a bird, and now we're looking at a, 
um, snake. And now we're looking at this is water and this is how water is supposed to feel. And, uh, and, and, and all of these sounds were organic. And, and uh, we had to find like spooky sounds that could work in a workshop and still be organic. So this is the sound of uh, a whale, actually. Mm. The whales uh, are big in this film. Yeah, and it's I'm not being manipulated very much. Uh, this is just how a whale actually sounds. We have this romantic idea about whales being woo. And, and <laughs> some whales are, but other whales are like <laughs> eh, eh. And this is one of these, uh, these whales. So, um, so this set of rules is applied to the whole, whole mm. uh, um, yeah, the whole film. And but I think also like putting a sound of a snake on, on a picture of a snake, I mean, it might be one-to-one, -one, but it's also, it's also a way not to make it feel manipulated, because if you, if you, if you put on too many, I mean... Strange sounds or different yeah, sounds. Yeah, or you take it too much or you dramatize things too much, it's more or less just being honest and saying, he sees a snake, this is a snake, and then it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's what goes on inside of his head. It's not manipulated. Of course, we, we put it on, but we're not trying to manipulate anybody. Um, but you are manipulating. We you, are manipulating, You created all course. the sounds. His um, head doesn't sound like that in, when you're standing yeah, next to him. We're manipulating, but we're not doing something that isn't... Um, what do within you say? his universe. Yeah, I mean, it's within the documentary. It's, it's not doing something that isn't happening. It's just happening inside of his head. And, and you can't... You can't see that unless you know him. So it's uh, It's mean, an interpretation of what's happening inside the head. Precisely. There is a question. Yes, uh, I was just curious to know uh, if you know at what stage in filming Annette decided to go Yeah. Uh, she, d she, she didn't before. I mean, this, this was something that, that we discovered uh, in the editing process. And that's maybe the, the um, problem. I mean, had she known very early on that the sound of the head was this important, of course we would uh, have contacted the sound people much earlier. But I think it's also something that springs out of an editing process of how do we actually recognize this man and how do we get in contact with what this man is, is going through in this story. And uh, yeah, she's but, but profoundly in the editing, working on finding that. But it's also, it's also, it also comes out of a necessity, because when we, when we watched the first rough cut, we really weren't that close to Pierre, and, and there was just something that we had to develop to, to get closer to him. So, so um, yeah. The editing process was very long, and of course, that's, that's the, this type of film had this type of uh, creative process in the editing. But when we look back, of course, we would have wanted to be more clever earlier, but uh, we don't know when, when we get clever on our own material, and it happens very, uh, in very different stages when, when you get clever on your own material. I'm doing a film now with Eva Mulvad, who is doing a film about a violinist player. Of course, we know that the, the sound and the music is extremely important in that film because he plays the violin. But in this film, it, it was not really predicted uh, how to actually uh, get that space 
uh, in the film where we start feeling the artist and the artist world more than just listening to him talking about it. I, th I, I think it's important to, to say that this is an illness which is totally invisible. <laughs> That's I a mean, problem. It's I mean, you can't show it unless you show brain scans or uh, have doctors talking. Then it's, it's impossible to show. And, uh, and the process of getting this idea was not... Uh, it was created quite early in, uh, in, in the editing room to get into his head this way. And, and uh, I think it's, it's originally Peter's idea. idea. But it's uh, Anna's decision how she wanted to go into the uh, to the mindset of uh, of the artists. Does that? Yeah. Making a film is very complicated, and uh, I love—I really love the idea of being invited early onto a film. And uh, quite often, I do that. Uh, for example, when I work uh, in in my studio, uh, we have uh, a, a production company right next door, and we keep talking about this collaboration there is when when we're invited early into the process. But Last one, Trias' uh, office is next door too. Yeah, it's, it, it's quite quite close, and and um, the 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 thing is that it it for me the way I I have a way I experience it uh, emotionally, and I have a way I experience like how it works, and uh, to be honest, how it works, then there isn't the even though we invited in quite early then uh, there isn't the time to actually do something because it's a, such a rushed uh, process and, and uh, moving forward and backwards is quite expensive. So we, we end up being invited in and we normally don't, don't uh, gain so much from it on a practical level. We don't get the time to ex exchange a lot of sounds because uh, it's a very expensive process. But on an emotionally level, I, I, I find it very inspiring to be invited very early into the, to the editing room because it gives me a feeling of being, being part of the process from an early stage. It gives me ownership. It gives me uh, time to uh, adopt the film and see it's, uh, it's changing. And, and uh, that is a huge benefit for uh, inviting a, a sound designer in very early. If I can comment a little bit on that, because on documentaries, it can be difficult because the director is shooting for a long time with their camera, just them. Maybe they're talking with an editor that they are very good friends with, with what they're doing. And the editors are really great dramaturgists. So it's nice to talk with them about the story. But uh, what we have experienced is if we do these pilots uh, for funding reasons, that was our excuse, but we actually do also the pilots to find out what is the film about and how are we going to tell this story? What is it that's important for the director to do with this story? 
then actually we have started now to do more sound with the, the sound engineer on the pilot, because that's already a, a place to start the, the thought and the process about the film. There's a film we are pitching here at the, the forum called School of Life, and uh, it's shot on the Philippines uh, about children that have been sexually abused and go to a center and try to get out of this street life and the sexual abuse. And the sound engineer is Taco Droyhood. He is a Dutch sound engineer. And uh, we also have a Dutch DOP on the film, Morgan Knippe, who they did a film called uh, Those Who Feel the Fire Burning, and I think it's also in the sound program, this film. But uh, Taco and Morgan have been filming already with us on the Philippines a couple of times, and the new pilot that we're showing here at the forum is actually with sound that the sound engineer did. So we are already pointing in the pilot of three minutes of what the sound, uh, what type of sound we want to do with this film. So I think we are trying to be better at uh, getting the sound engineers on earlier, but of course it's, it's sound is practical. So it also has to be something physical and it's easier for a sound engineer to do the sound on a three minute pilot because then he's actually being practical about yeah. it and yeah. not talking so much about what it should be, but not hearing what it is. That's very true. And of course, it's also a matter of money, because uh, I think it's also tough for you on a documentary. It's shot like over three years, maybe, and then you're invited in along, you know, three years. I'm going to do a film, and uh, it's about these guys in Zimbabwe and... I mean, it's actually back to the talk about uh, how much words bring into the process of, uh, of sound. I mean, uh, ideas, uh, there's a lot of ideas in sound you can, you can put on fabulous words, but when, when it comes down to doing it, then it's, it's uh, just hard work and, and trying things out. Should we and show one more clip of uh, Inside the Head? Yeah, but I, just mm -hmm, a, a, sure. small, a small uh, anecdote to a few times, though, I've, uh, I've had very close collab collaboration with the directors, and uh, we end up talking about the film before it's actually uh, researched. And uh, I worked together with a documentarist called Suvi Helminen, which uh, uh, did a film about two old people uh, looking back at their lives, and, and uh, it was the man had shot uh, like home video all through his life uh, on 16 millimeters, so it was uh, a film of archive material. But uh, but they talk a lot about their what what has happened in their lives. It's two old people, 80 years old, and um, and being normally you would just set up a, a classical interview, a microphone, and uh, and just. Um, having them sit down and talk. But uh, I suggested to the director that, that uh, I mean, people's voice change. If, if uh, they stand up, their lungs are like uh, very wide, but if they sit down, they get a little deeper. But if people lie down, then two things happen. The voice gets very... Uh, lie down, uh, you mean flat on the floor? On not the on the floor, in their bed, very important. <laughs> uh, when people lie down in their bed, they get very relaxed and they get this dreamy voice, and uh, even better if they close their eyes, they can totally uh, change. Uh, I mean, something, 
and people just change the way they uh, the way they sit, they, uh, their voice change. And uh, so, so I talked her into doing this, and and uh, I said it's going to be even. I mean, she just wanted to sound; she didn't didn't want a picture of this. So I chose a very fat microphone, uh, a really voice-over microphone, and it ended up being a, a very big part of uh, of the film. The way it was recorded, and and uh, very inspiring that uh, the two of them, uh, the director and the. <laughs> The characters lying in bed next to each other, just talking about their <laughs> life. It was very dreamy, and I was in the in the corner just uh, listening to this. So, so of course we gain from getting into the process early. But if you uh, if you consult a, a totally different uh, sound engineer you have never worked with, then it's very difficult to get inputs to to your film because a lot of uh, the things he's going to say is going to be just words. Yeah? Should we show one more clip from uh, Man Falling? And I think it might be the last clip the, the that we can show. The very last clip. Yes. Uh, let's get it there. Oh, yeah, we can talk about... Um, uh, I don't know how long is this clip. <laughs> uh, it's a two-minute clip. We That's can do that. Yes. Um, so we're going to talk a bit about uh, um, there is this uh, transition in the film where they go from uh, uh, a little island in Denmark and and they go to their castle in uh, Italy. And um, first, I'm going to play you the sound from the edit room, and then what I'm what they created in in the Avid. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> don't uh, worry, yeah. Peter. Don't worry. We don't take it personally. <laughs> And then after that, we're going to show the same the, clip, the but, same with, clip the, but the, the sound design. Nej, 
Jeg kan huske, at den der var skidt svært at lave, fordi loftet det krummer. To say this is a moment in the film where he just discovered from sitting watching this uh, the large image that, that he's not able to to do these large paintings anymore. And it, I mean, he's been doing them all, all his life, and he's very famous for it. So, so what? I mean, it might seem very long right now, but it's really a extremely uh, extreme large loss for him. Um, so uh, we call it we call it the 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 death. This is montage, the death part. Like yeah. But, yeah. What what did you call the death? The death? Yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much uh, yeah an illustration of you know the death of him not being able to uh, do these paintings anymore. In large scale, large yeah. scale paintings. Yeah, he gives up. Uh, he feels he has to give up his uh, life as an artist. That actually, I mean, the the big painting he he sees there, he, he calls it wallpaper. Yeah, it's like <laughs> good wallpaper, but it's only not a wallpaper. Painting. It's not a painting. And um, so, so this kind of, um, he's very depressed at this point and the abstract sequence is kind of uh, to uh, emphasize this uh, depression. Yeah, and, and also then to give the audience like time to reflect on what, because there's this long monologue just before this where he yeah. says a lot of quite interesting things. And then we end up in Italy and normally you would say, Italy, that's great, that's a new scene, but um, <laughs> But, and I did that version, <laughs> but uh, but uh, seeing that and discussing it with the with the Peter, it, it was important that the depression continued into Italy. We shouldn't let it go. His depression goes on. It goes on. It moves into the house. It's part of the house, and uh, like, can't you do something like that? And uh, this is this is how we ended up. But just to say that, uh, of course, you could hear that Peter and Anne tried to uh, give directions to the sound already in the ed editing room. But of course, it's with all the limitations that they are not sound engineers, of course, and that they only have sounds that are in a stupid David room. So it's not, uh, it's just an indication of where they want to go, but not the, of course, not the real thing. I mean, the, the, the craziest thing about it is that they've been editing eight months and then they invite me in and I'm a totally new guy, they don't know me and, and I, it's the first time we meet, we drink some coffee and, and let's go see the film and we have a three hour session where we see the film and take notes and, and um, I mean, it's the first time I meet them so I'm also a bit uh, on the edge for, uh, for not seeming too stupid and not understanding their ideas. <laughs> So, so I'm like, yeah, 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 and writing down. And it's, it's um, I, I think we both learned from, from this experience that that, uh, that three-hour meeting is very important. And uh, I've had important meetings before, but... Um, this one was... But, but uh, do your three-hour meetings uh, in those uh, transitions. Um, I mean, sometimes you also need to go the wrong direction to find the right direction, so it's not... Uh, it, there's no recipe, but but it was uh, it's a bit stupid that there only are three hours when they've been editing so long. It's uh, it could have uh, made yeah. the process more exciting. I think. Should we play the last clip here? Now it's with the the sound. And uh, and notice the uh, yeah the transition is different, um, but. But uh, notice definitely the, the house when we enter Italy, how the depression kind of continues uh, into that. Mm -hmm. 
Jeg kan huske, at den der var skidt svært at lave, fordi loftet det krummer. I don't know if you notice it, but uh, the the house is creaking and uh, stretching and. Uh, Do you know what type of sound it was that you used? Do you know exactly what it was? I have no idea. It's like, yeah, it's just uh, when working with sound, you either go record your own sounds or you have these sound archives, and we have quite a lot of sound uh, archives, and I also have quite a lot of uh, sounds that I've recorded throughout my life and um, and I think this is like boats I recorded that stretched and uh, and creaks yeah so um, I think we have to end I think we're no but there is some uh, oh, we can yeah. end with some last questions yeah 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 No, I, I think it's very interesting to hear how uh, abstract, I mean, the way we experience sound is very uh, different from our point of view and uh, our uh, background, so uh, so I always find it very, I mean, I, I can, have, can have one vision doing uh, uh, doing a sound and uh, and people will react to it totally different. Uh, so, so we often test, but uh, but uh, mainly it's back to do we do the director like it or does uh, the director not like it is it in uh, in threat with the, her or his vision vision or... and point of view so so interesting to hear yeah if you come and watch the film then you can tell us if it's uh, <laughs> if he's more deaf or he's blind yeah. but uh, maybe it's subjective do we have some more questions I thought I saw some more hands, but yeah, oh. there's one there. Sorry, sorry I'm, you, I'm... We cannot hear you. Can you come a little bit down? Your advice about sound design Yeah. Regarding three different aspects. First uh, would be continuity. Continuity? Yeah, uh, when there's a lot of... Uh, fragmentation in the image, but you, you just need to thread everything with the sound. Yeah. Second with, uh, would be like when you detach uh, sound, an image, for example, somebody talking, and you keep the, the dialogue, but you see the person who is not actually talking, just looking from one window or something like that. And uh, yeah, that's it, two things. Okay. If you can give some words on continuity in sound, uh, if it's the images, if it's the story that's uh, with, with the continuity, to create the continuity. I mean, often in documentaries, you're not uh, set with the, you can stay on a close-up, or uh, I mean, you have to use cover, or, is that the question? Yeah. And um, of course, uh, that happens to me all the time. And, um, and uh, I have, uh, my basic approach is that I, I like the sound to to uh, to follow the um, the point of view. So so if we are in a scene 
and then we're close to the character and then we suddenly edit out to another room and it's obvious it's another room and it's part of, uh, of the, um, the way the scene is supposed to, to be experienced. Then, then I, I'm very happy with the, giving the dialogue a lot of reverb and uh, placing it, it far away and then getting back to the uh, dialogue again. It, it creates a dynamic which is also important in working with dialogue scenes that, that uh, there are changes. Because uh, listening to a voice, especially in a long scene, you, uh, the, it's how the brain reacts to this, uh, this scene that, that it gets bored with hearing the same sound, the same sound. So if you don't have any dynamic in the, the dialogue, you end up with the uh, people watching it, unless it's extremely interesting and concentrated what you're telling. Of course, uh, it's an editing listen. decision, but, but, uh, but a lot of times there's like blah, 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 and the, uh, the brain only listens blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but if you, uh, if you work with the dialogue and, and uh, make changes like uh, volume adjustments and uh, giving reverb ambience and, and a car passing and using um, using small dots uh, in the atmosphere, not like a constant layer, of, but more like a car passing and a siren going off long away or an alarm, then, uh, then you can create uh, dynamics with, within a scene that, uh, for example, is inside a room where you don't see any of the stuff you hear. And uh, that's how I would handle a situation. The, the other question was about Yeah. Uh, an interview, but where, where the person is looking out the window and you don't actually see the mouth. Uh, there's a great thing about this that you can actually, uh, if you're daring, then you can uh, uh, move the, the dialogue a bit. And I, I work a lot with the rhythmic sense of the dialogue. Uh, and, and if uh, I cut to a totally different place, like a cover image of something, I definitely use the location sound from that. Uh, but with the to, voice. But from... with the voice, uh, and, and of course, if it's a noisy place, I use full volume to, to make it balanced, but, but uh, it's also all a part of creating this dynamic, uh, constantly changing the, uh, the dialogue and the sound design to to make it interesting so, the, so your brain doesn't get bored when you see it. And um, uh, I think that's a, a big part of uh, how I work. Can I add a little thing? Also, some, uh, we had one film that was very shot very much in one apartment in one room, uh, The Good Life, it was called. And uh, it was a big problem for the director that she could only really place herself one place because the room was so small. So the, 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 the visual was always the same shot and a very boring shot. And since we also want to listen to what they say and still feel that, that something is going on, even though it's two old ladies sitting in a sofa in the same shot and, uh, and, and fighting. Uh, her wish was to actually expand the, the apartment and expand the room so that it wouldn't feel so claustrophobic as it actually was. So in the sound, the sound engineer created, uh, like the, the, mother was do, the, the mother was taking a shower, 
while we were watching the daughter and talk, the daughter was talking to the camera, we actually had a whole soundscape of the mother in the kitchen, uh, mother in the bathroom taking a shower. And at another point where she had an interview with the mother, she created a whole soundscape of the daughter cooking in the kitchen, you know, pots and pans and cooking. So actually, you, you, all, you had a feeling that the apartment was much bigger, even though the image was extremely small. So uh, that's also not to bore people and to, to, to make it uh, more expanded. But I think if you have a good sound engineer, there's numerous ideas of how you can actually uh, expand a little image from a documentary. Just so you know, we, we, we discuss a lot how important is the sound, how important is the image. And I think the latest thing I heard was that it was uh, only 35% of the experience that is the image, and the rest is the sound. So really the sound is equally important and even maybe more important in a documentary than, than in a fiction film. Because sometimes we're really limited with the type of images we can make when we're doing a documentary film. Thank you, Sigrid. I think that's a good ending. <laughs> of course, the title is a little misleading, Close Your Eyes. You especially have to open your ears, I think. Um, thank you for having um, been on your spaceship for two hours. Um, and it's related to the Sounds Real program. It's starting tonight, I believe, but you can check it in the program guide. We asked five sound designers to pick a film they worked on. And also, the sound designer picked a film from a colleague. So, it will be in the I Cinema every evening. So, you can check it in the program guide. Um, and the film has a normal premiere tonight yeah. at uh, 7. Yes. But tomorrow it is uh, the night of uh, the sound yeah. exactly. program. Exactly. exactly. So there's a break now. Um, the producing platform session will be here. The speakers are prepared for your project. So the people who subscribed, we can make a circle here. It will be more into dialogue. It will be really interesting. The masterclass is, of course, in Tushinsky 1. And for tomorrow, for the pitch and trailer workshop, um, the people who are able to pitch, the three people we picked and selected, will be announced on the Facebook page later. Um, so be prepared for that. Uh, if you join, don't join the Facebook yet, please do, because we announce sometimes things there. Um, yeah, that's it for now. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you.